Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. And I am on the road today, so this will be an audio-only podcast. But I'll be back with you early next week, back with video. i got a few new exciting things we're working on uh, for video as well. So stay tuned. Uh, some really cool uh, new softwares are out there and new platforms to be on. Uh, I've talked before about getting onto Rumble and, and other video platforms as well. And uh, I won't ruin the surprise just yet because we'll see how long it takes. But we got some exciting things coming here. But back to the topic at hand, and that is our markets. Today was another solid session for our markets today. Got some fresh all-time highs. Uh, finished with three out of our four major indexes positive on the day. An exciting day overall. But to kick it off, some really interesting news came out this afternoon about the Federal Reserve. As they announced today, that Fed policymakers will now be barred from investing in individual stocks and bonds. Folks, this is maybe not the perfect ideal news out there, but it's a step in the right direction. I don't necessarily love that they're regulating themselves with no real oversight there, uh, but like I said, it's a step in the right direction. All Fed policymakers will now also have to provide 45 days advance notice for any trade, and they'll be required to hold those investments for at least a year. Uh, they're also barred from selling investments during times of heightened financial stress and a few other little things in there as well. But before this, really the only rule that I could find before that was that they weren't allowed to trade around the FOMC meetings. So pretty big news here. Again, don't love that they're regulating themselves. And I can almost guarantee you that there will be loopholes in these rules, or at least that there will be lenient ruling. We've seen the same thing from other government institutions, like Congress, for example, essentially regulating themselves. Uh, and a perfect example of that is that Politicians who traded around coronavirus when they knew in advance that there were either going to be lockdowns or that the virus was on the way and that it was a bigger deal than most people were making of it publicly at the time. Well, they failed to disclose their trades in time. And listen to this. The investigations by the Department of Justice, were they're just dropped. No big deal. Just drop them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, but we have seen a little bit of some promising things. For example, the Fed presidents Robert Kaplan and Eric Rosengren are now both stepping down for ethics violations. Of course, they there's almost a 0% chance that they'll be punished any more than that. Just resign, leave, leave, and we'll drop everything. That's pretty much the rule of the system takes care of itself. And if you have any doubts that there is a system in place that takes care of itself, just look at the insider trading levels in Congress. I highly, highly encourage you to check. There's a few Twitter accounts out there, but one that has done a fantastic job over the last two weeks 
has been unusual whales on Twitter. I believe the handle is unusual underscore whales. And that account, not sure exactly who's running it, but they've done a phenomenal job to help raise awareness about this issue. Very specific stories about who is making what trades and at what times and really exposing these people. Folks, this is how we win by exposing it, by sharing these types of issues uh, and making people more aware of it because it really is disgraceful that people who have this insider information in Congress are allowed to trade off of it. Of course, we didn't make those rules. They set those rules for themselves. And it's really criminal at that point. For another example here, Nancy Pelosi is the big one out there, but there are dozens, dozens more who are do who are just as bad actors as she is. But uh, in her account, trading Tesla calls or her husband trading Tesla calls out to 2022 when they know that there is a release coming out that the government is going to all electric vehicles by I think it was 2025 or 2030 uh, just for the government fleet going to all electric vehicles but they made that trade just a week or two before that was announced so these are the type of secrets that they trade off of that the public does not have access to. Uh, so again, absolutely outrageous. And the, <laughs> you can do nothing but laugh at this. Meanwhile, they want access to all of our bank accounts and bank transactions below $600 while they continue to trade on these insider secrets that we don't have access to audit them on. Um, you know, of course, just like the government loves to do, they'll they'll give you some, it's a negotiation tactic for them. They'll start to say, oh, well, it's going to be $600. We've already seen this. It's going to be $600. Everybody is angry about it. Okay, okay, we'll back it up to $10,000. Okay, all right. Well, that's better at least and go along with it. That's exactly what they wanted. They were going to go for $10,000 the whole time probably. It's just a negotiation. It's optics for them. So, that's the way that they treat us. That's the way the, the great unwashed, that's how, that's how they see us. Uh, and that's how they want to treat us uh, when we can't stand for that any longer. So I'll step off of that and get on to a little bit of good news here on the day-to-day. Earnings continue to come in solid. Tesla hitting one of their best quarters ever yesterday. I bring that one up just because it's a, a big name. We had some other Big earnings today, and so far, let's see if, uh, let me get an update here. So yeah, the latest has been that 84% of companies have beat on earnings per share estimates. Uh, Snap, I see here, just came in after the close. Actually beat on estimates, but lowered future guidance. Snap down a big, over 20% right now in after-hours trading. Um not a huge fan of that company either, so I, I can take it in jest there. Uh, but we continue to see strong earnings, and er, the key here is that the market doesn't peak until earnings peak. And the way we see it, the way we've talked about it here for a long time, we've got a long way to go before that happens. On our markets note, I do want to point out here today, we did have a good day. Again, three out of our four major indexes finishing higher on the day and getting some all-time highs, which I'll get to here in a minute. But we are now at extreme overbought readings on some VRA momentum oscillators, certainly not all, mainly, excuse me, 
Stochastics here, really the small caps are the only ones not at overbought levels on Stochastics, but that has been the most reliable uh, momentum indicator here for the last couple of months uh, for our sectors and for our markets, so something to watch for there. And depending on your investment style, really, for us here, this is a time that we do not want to be adding new positions or even adding to positions, at least if they're at these overbought reasons uh, levels here. And it's for a few important reasons. First, of course, uh, being that uh, it's just not the way that the VRA investing system works. So that's a little bit of a time for caution. But overall, we remain extremely bullish on this market. Remember, we're just in year two of this bull market. Bull markets typically last five years plus. Uh, and we're also entering this most seasonally bullish time of the year to be in the market. And we've been pounding the table on this hard because it is that important. The seven months from October to May is where more than 90% of all stock market gains take place. That is when you want to be fully invested in the market. Uh, so if you're not already you know, we can wait for it. We can be patient here, not trying to chase. Uh, but we've already had the correction in the markets. It took place from March to September of this year. And our major indexes really held up well. We continued to hit all-time highs. We got one yesterday in the Dow, another one today in the S&P 500. But under the surface, we've been talking about this a lot as well, the average stock has fallen into a bear market with losses of more than 20%. We've called it the under the surface correction here because our indexes have held up so much better. But now that that period is behind us, we can get back off to the races, not just for our indexes, for our stocks as well. And we're continuously seeing the breadth of this market increase. The advanced decline line for the NYSE hit an all-time high yesterday. We we're also seeing all-time highs in our other, like the Russell 1000, the Russell 3000, and mid caps as well. So that tells us that if they're hitting all-time highs before the majority of our major indexes are, that's a great example of the breadth of this market here. But one more reason why we do remain cautious in the short term, the very short term. And let me be clear about that uh, because we are extremely bullish on this market. It's just that we are at overbought readings and investor sentiment has quickly flipped to bullish. Last night's AAII survey came back with 46.9% bulls. That's up 9% week over week and bears down 4% week over week to a 27.8. Remember, just two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we were at extreme fear levels on the fear and greed. We were at uh, 25.5% bulls on the AAII. And now, again, we're at 46.9. That's a a big 20% increase on AAII, and then the fear and greed is now at greed levels, getting close to extreme greed at a 69 here. A month ago, the fear and greed was at extreme fear at a 23. And folks, that was with just our market 6% away or so from all-time highs. So 
We could go for a little bit of a pullback here. We expect any pause to be short-lived, but we'd love to get a little froth out of this market, a little of the greed back. Get, let's get back into fear territory and we'll be ready to act again. It doesn't always line up that perfectly uh, to where we'll get all the way back to extreme fear like that, but we'll be ready to act as soon as our markets get out of these overbought conditions here. So let's take a look at our markets on the day-to-day. We do see a lot of reasons to be bullish, like I just said. The NASDAQ leading the way higher today, just what you want to see tech leading up six tenths of 1% to 15,215. Next up here was the S&P 500 hitting an all-time high up three tenths of 1% to 4,549. Next up were the small caps up 0.28% to 2,296. And Lastly, on the day here, the Dow really pretty much flat on the day. It closed just barely, barely off its highs of the day. So a strong smart money hour, really across the board, a strong smart money hour for our markets today. Uh, finishing at the highs for the NASDAQ, finishing at the highs for the S&P. That's what you want to see. If we were getting a strong open and weak closes, we'd, get, we'd be a lot more concerned about this market right now but the dow finishing really flat on the day down just 0.02% to 35603 and uh, again here if our mar- uh, markets that are at overbought levels like we're seeing right now that's not to say they can't head higher and that would be extremely bullish markets that get overbought and continue to head higher that is a very bullish sign as well and then again like i mentioned a lot of all-time highs elsewhere, the mid-caps, Russell 1,000 and 3,000. And then we got some sectors as well hitting all-time highs, which I'll get to here in a second. But first, looking at our internals on the day, finished a little mixed, but it wasn't all bad here. Remember, like I said, yesterday, the NYSE advanced decline line hit an all-time high. So we've seen that breadth improve for our markets. Although today, declining stocks did beat out advancing stocks for the NYSE but just barely, and we got positive readings from the NASDAQ. New 52-week highs to lows came in strong today, coming in over 4-1 to positive. And then volume was mixed. It was negative for the NYSE, but did come back positive for the NASDAQ. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with 7 out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by consumer discretionary, which hit an all-time high, followed there by healthcare and technology. And on the technology note, the semis had a strong day today, finishing better than tech, almost doubling the tech sector. Uh, Again, I reiterate this often because it has rung so true over the years that you want to see tech leading the market and semis leading tech. And the semis finished up a nice 1.14% on the day-to-day. Our laggards on the day were energy, financials, materials, and consumer staples. And then a couple of bonuses here. The real estate sector did finish higher, but HGX, the housing index, finished slightly lower. But it's been good to see it hold on back above its 200-day moving average. We spent a little time there, just about two weeks or so below its 200-day moving average. Uh, But seeing it above its 200-day, as housing is one of our leading economic indicators, we want to see this rally continue. And then another leading economic indicator, the transports, just wrapped up its sixth day in a row of gains here, hitting its highest level since the beginning of June today. Love to see that. Uh, 
when the transports are hot, that means that the economy is doing well, at least better than most expect right now. And then finally for today, our VRA commodity watch gold now down slightly on the day by 0.06% to 1,783 an ounce silver down about 1%, just under 1% to $24.21 an ounce. Copper down a bigger 3.7% to $4.55 a pound. And oil pulling back as well. Oh, excuse me. Uh, down 0.94% now on the day to $82.64 a barrel. And then lastly for today, a hot topic. It's been everywhere lately. Bitcoin had a huge day yesterday, hitting fresh all-time highs. Uh, but if you tuned into Kip's podcast yesterday or my podcast on Tuesday, we've noticed that Bitcoin has hit extreme overbought on steroids. And we've said this with the launch of the new Bitcoin ETF. This could be a bit of a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event. And again, that's not to say that we don't like Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies here. We like them a great deal. But this is not the time to be adding new positions or adding two positions. You want to do that on pullbacks. Uh, They've certainly come a long way in a short period of time. When Bitcoin topped out in May, pulled all the way back below 30,000. Now we're all the way back to above 60,000 again. But here again, we're at extreme overbought on steroids. So a pause here would not be too surprising. Bitcoin is down today. Just over five and a half percent to sixty-two thousand six hundred and fifty-four, and the new Bitcoin ETF BITO was down a similar five point six percent on the day. Uh, but in other news for for BITO, it did break the record for fastest ETF to get to a billion dollars in assets. It took just two days, which again, a new record here. And for reference, the record had been held for 18 years by GLD, which hit over a billion in just three days. So it beat it by a day. But if you look back on the trading of GLD, after a little bit of of hype and excitement, when the ETF was launched, it did pull back shortly thereafter. And then the real one that pulled back a lot was USO, it pulled back a significant amount, rallied all the way to all-time highs, which it has not seen since. Uh, so there's a couple of reasons there why this could be a buy the rumor, sell the news event. Of course, GLD did what has been able to rally back to hit many new all-time highs since then. But again, with Bitcoin at these extreme overbought levels, we think patience is the play here. And really, for these types of ETFs, we say this about GLD, we say about SLV, they're, they're good trading vehicles, but if you're going to own these assets long term, you want to own the hard assets themselves. You want to own gold, you want to own silver, you want to own Bitcoin, not the ETFs because it's not redeemable for Bitcoin. You want to own it if you're going to own it like that long term. But there could come a time soon where we use BITO as a trading vehicle. We'll see how you know it plays out when options are launched on it. I'm actually, they have not been launched yet. So that would be an interesting trading vehicle though for options trading uh, on Bitcoin, which just isn't available just yet. Uh, but again, over the long term, you want to own the hard assets themselves. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. 
Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. And we'll be back again next week with videos as well. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.